I know we all grew up with the Grinch who stole Christmas, but have you heard of the mom who neutralized Christmas? If not, meet this lady. Go ahead and call me crazy or a sad beige mom for what I'm about to do. Today I'm giving the step to my first Christmas tree a total makeover. I see the video of the sad beige mom who spray painted this tree to match her step. It's giving if Christmas were a whisper. This is a new line of toys by Werner Herzog called Cups of Sadness. Look at this. Hi guys, welcome back to my YouTube channel. My name is Joel and hi, welcome to my channel. If this is the first time, hi, kindly subscribe, like this video and comment. If you have any topic you want me to talk about, kindly put it down in the comment section. If you want to contribute to my commentary, go to the comment section and we're gonna meet you there. That being said, let's get right into this video. So today we're actually jumping on a topic that you all voted for in my community tab and that is the sad beige epidemic so here we're actually about to speak about the color that is quietly sneaking into our lives and maybe even messing up our vibes a little bit grab your go-to drink get cozy and let's just take a very friendly journey into the world of the not so happy beige vibes one last thing before we go on i'm recording this on a monday and i have decided to be posting my videos on either a saturday or a sunday and a week where i cannot bless you guys with videos or any content i am going to put that in my community tab so that being said let's get right into the video if you've ever stopped to shop for a baby shower gift for like the last few years you would probably notice that there is a certain color trend that has been dominating babies onesies world decor and wooden toys i, have any, I don't have any friends that have children do i but I was shopping for my uncle, his wife had given birth and I was going for the child's dedication and I was like, okay, let me do some last minute shopping and I went to Morrison's. First of all, children's gifts are so expensive. Their food alone is so expensive and I'm like, do I really want to have a child? Do I really want to have a child? Because children's stuff are so expensive especially their clothes their clothes are so expensive and i'm like children grow up so quick like as i said i went to morrison's to the children's section to shop for clothes and socks and gifts for the mom because the child was having the dedication and i noticed there was range of monochrome colors that were dominating the baby sections compared to like colorful clothes and when we were younger i could remember children always wore like the red and blue onesies or like clothes that had colors but like currently if you go to shop for baby things honestly you've probably noticed a certain trend of monochrome colors that have been dominating the onesies the wall decals and the wooden toys this whole subdued monochrome that i actually seen in kids fashions and design was hilariously coined by a librarian who is also a tiktoker and a mom and her name is Haley diroche so on Haley's tiktok what she does she playfully reviews the offerings of fancy children's stores and here she adopts the comical style of german filmmaker werner heads up on her tiktok and her name Haley deroche her name is actually the sad beige lady that is her name Werner Herzog called Cups of Sadness in many exciting color forms, including this one, Disassociation, White Woman, Instagram, Deep Sea Depression, and Numb. 
So according to Haley, she said that sad beige is essentially any neutral tone item that had all the joy drained out of it. Today.com interviewed her and she said something along the lines of that is not just your run-of-the-mill mom beige. She said that it is a specific shade that seems to bring out a sense of monotony and gloom. So now that we have established the meaning of sad beige from Hayley's point of view, let's just break that down into a much more simpler term. So what is sad beige? Who is a sad beige mom? A sad beige mom is one I would call a minimalistic aesthetic mom. Let's establish what we mean by a minimalistic aesthetic mom. So these are mothers who embrace a minimalistic lifestyle and they are often characterized by decluttered spaces, neutral colored palettes and a focus on simplicity in both design and daily life. Now here's the thing, I personally, I am a big fan of brown beige neutral colors all these sweeping sage pastel colors like i'm a fan of them and brown has been like my absolute favorite color for ages like way before it became a trend like i've always loved brown honestly i have never been you know when children when you ask them what's your favorite color and they say pink i've never been that child before like as a child i loved wearing dark colors and my dad hated it so much bro going to church every sunday he used to bring my table he used to table my matter honestly my first official color that i actually liked secretly was black but to the open it was blue and why i said it was blue is because in primary school my inter-house pots my house was blue house and when i was asked what my favorite color was i always said blue because i was in blue house so that was my favorite color and but really my favorite color was black but i'm an african and they will look at you like are you okay how is black your favorite color i personally have envisioned decorating my home with a tranquil vintage natural aesthetic and here i would feature like plenty of plants and a palette of matte and muted shades honestly that is currently how my house is right now um my walls are painted white and i have 14 plants in my room alone and my house just and it's kind of vintage yeah you can see dream catchers i have like a shelf where i have like ornaments and weird crafts to people it's weird but to me i love it anyways so literally that is the kind of vibe i have that's kind of vibe i am and i've been this vibe for like a very long time but here is a catch what happens when you throw kids into the mix sad beige is slowly creeping into our living spaces and it's taking over the walls furniture and deco and it is also the color that lacks vibrancy and it leaves us surrounded by a sea of muted tones which god knows i sincerely love but then again what happens when a kid is actually brought into the mix we can see even kim kardashian she has that same vibe like her house is like a cloud that's how i describe her house is like a cloud and she has like four children and also having a minimalistic aesthetic house is meant to be synonymous with being rich if that makes sense some people are doing it because they want to create this vision between loud colors and minimalistic colors because if you notice like i said earlier when we were young our parents would just slap us with different colors of clothes 
big hats, pink shoes, and some some Minelials. I'm a Minelial myself. Um, I was born '96, so Minelials they did not actually like it. So now they have, I think, gone over the edge, like been so drastic to live in clouds basically a happy medium between sad beige mom and not sad beige mom and i'm just gonna show you why so let's go okay first up there's this and then there's this it is beautiful then there's this we all have a good ball pit and then there's this there's this and then there's this there's this and then there's this like you guys you can't blame us there's this, and then for some reason this next one screams like the most sad beige to me, but I can't help but love it. There is this. Like, it is sad, I admit, but I love it. It is not an eyesore in our house. Like, you gotta understand, like, why we are at least partial sad beige as moms. Go ahead and call me crazy or a sad beige mom for what I'm about to do. Today I'm giving the step two, my first Christmas tree, a total makeover. I'm leaning into my inner Pinterest mom with the vision to neutralize the tree. And I can already hear you thinking that I'm gonna ruin my toddler's Christmas by painting over these colors. Let's be real, my toddler's favorite toys are brown cardboard boxes and clear plastic water bottles. So I really think that she's a neutral girly at heart. After taking a good long look at the tree, I headed over to Lowe's where I picked out all of our spray paint colors. I can list them all below if you guys would If like. you're crazy like me and end up doing this DIY, make sure to get the kind that specifically says that bonds to plastic. Once I decided which colors of spray paint to use on each part, it was go time. I originally wanted to paint the body of the tree a brown, but then I realized, you know what, I want my tree to look a little bit alive. So here I am painting an already green tree another shade of green. It gave it a very realistic Christmas tree look, which I love. The gold was way less gold than what I was thinking for the star, but I actually kind of dig the brass antique look. For the tree skirt, I used this satin color rustoleum paint. When it was time to paint the ornaments, I just took some painter's tape and I covered the little ornament hooks with those I wanted to keep those white. Here's a little pro tip that I learned or basically a rookie mistake that I made. And honestly, I'm so silly I didn't do this in the first place, but you'll definitely want to hang up the ornaments in order to spray paint them, not leaving them laying on the cardboard and getting super goopy in the paint. After a few hours when the paint dried, I was able to go in with a coat on the back side of the trees and all that was left to do is to let it sit and dry overnight. Thankfully, there was only a little bit of peeling on one of my trees that I could easily fix. But it was almost time for the moment of truth and to see how it all looked together. After putting on the star, part of me wants to go back in and add some type of glitter or shine on it, but let me know what you guys think. Here's how the DIY ornaments turned out, guys. Honestly, I love them. They are definitely giving organic modern vibes. I might even go back in to add some little velvet ribbon bows along the hooks. I do need you guys' help. Should I paint the train or leave it as is? I couldn't decide, but here's how the tree turned out and what it looks like in our space. I absolutely love it, but let me know what you think. So as you can probably guess, this video actually gained massive traction and the last time I checked, it racked a whopping 7.1 million views. Naturally, because it's TikTok, it actually created lots of criticisms and also everybody had their opinions on this whole video. So some people were like, the colors that you have actually chosen to spray paint your child's Christmas tree is not good because it's actually going to stunt your child's psychological growth and is not conducive for her growth and they also emphasize that children actually do need colors in their lives because this is part of what actually makes them grow and what makes them versatile also this point actually does make sense and other people actually express concerns about the potential toxicity of the 
pains considering that children always tend to put everything that they touch into their mouth and they also said that this is a very valid health risk if the spray painted toy ends up in the child's mouth could put the child in danger basically in my last video i talked about the mom who spray painted her baby's ornaments and christmas tree brown to make it more aesthetically pleasing and then i talked about options for child-friendly decor that has colors and doesn't look too bad but in between that i said that is not the vibe i should not have said that i'm not trying to say that she is a horrible mother or anything like that so should have left that statement out however there is something to be said about all of us being influenced by social media and by consumerism that a mom would feel the need to get a baby toy and spray paint it brown my concern with that is that these toys are not meant to be altered spray paint on something that could potentially go in a child's mouth can be toxic and even if it says non-toxic they can be talking about the fumes because they're not thinking about the spray painting the spray paint being used for something that can go in a mouth potentially chipped and be swallowed by a child and i'm not talking about the moms that they kind of get secondhand cars and houses and they spray paint it because that's like on the outside of a functional toy it's not small it's not meant to go in a child's mouth and i know another video i saw it says that it's more likely to shatter and it can injure the child so these are things that we need to think about and that we need to call out because i think sometimes we get kind of like so obsessed in making our homes look perfect because we see it online that we do things that are kind of ridiculous like spray paint something that can potentially be hazardous to a child and i also want to say that i do completely understand not wanting to have like tons of toys that are bright colors scattered all over the house like i have adhd i am extremely easily overstimulated so i understand that i really do but we have to stop ourselves sometimes when we take things too far did you guys see the video of the sad beige mom who spray painted this tree to match her aesthetic it's giving if Christmas were a whisper. She said she wanted to neutralize the tree, which is taking me up. We need to eliminate the garish colors of the holiday season. On the third, the woman, she doubled down on her statement. She came up with a second video and she somewhat reiterated her stance. And in this video, she showcased a range of colorful toys that her daughter actually did own. Then after, she came up with a third video and she boldly declared that she could care less if people called her a sad beige mom and she confidently stated that her toddler doesn't put toys in her mouth. Personally, I actually remain skeptical as to if her child would resist the urge to put the toy into her mouth because she's a baby and whatever babies touch, it goes into their mouth. Some of y'all have some major beef with me because I broke the internet and decided to spray paint my toddler's step two first Christmas tree. And all beef aside, I could care less if you think that I'm a sad beige mom, but I do care about how a lot of you guys commented on the colors and the safety of the ornament. My toddler truly doesn't put these in her mouth, but if you have a toddler that would, this is for you and we're gonna DIY some toddler safe ornaments with a little pop of color. All you're gonna need is some plastic fillable ornaments. These are the two and a half inch size and they fit perfectly with a step two tree. Some acrylic paint, a pair of scissors, and a cardboard box. I use the scissors to make some little holes in the cardboard box. That way the ornaments can fully dry upside down. And all you have to do is pour some of the acrylic paint inside the ornament. And then I just did a tapping motion on my hand to get the paint all spread around throughout the ornament. You can definitely add more paint if need be. I just basically repeated these steps until all of the ornaments were completely done. Then I let mine sit and dry overnight. They may need a little bit more time depending on how much paint you use. And there are two things that I did to make sure that they're a little bit more toddler 
and baby proof. The first thing is I got rid of the ornament hook. You know my child and I know that she would grab that hook off almost immediately. Another option is to glue it on so your child doesn't pull it off. The second thing is I got rid of any of the paint that was right in the lip of the ornament. That way they won't be close to paint if they do put it in their mouth. Fingernail polish remover will be your best friend in removing that extra paint. Just make sure to clean with water after. Here's how our DIY ornaments turned out. I'm a little scared to ask what you guys think, but I'm going to do it anyways. I think they're pretty cute. Here's what the old ones look like. It's actually been almost a month since I painted these and there hasn't been any cracking, peeling paint, anything like that. But here's how the new ornaments turned out and what our little sad beige tree looks like with a pop of color. And as always, let me know what you guys think, but if you do have an opinion, please be kind about it or move along. Anyways, however, moving on, where did the sad beige mom come from? Like, where did sad beige mom come from? And I'm going to speak about the advantages and the disadvantages of sad beige mom. Before delving into the potential negatives, let's just acknowledge that there are undoubtedly positive aspects to a minimalistic lifestyle. I actually live one myself. It encourages conscious consumption and it reduces environmental impact and promotes a sense of calm and order in the home. A few factors may have contributed to this shift towards more muted tones in children's fashion. Initially, as a departure from the confines of gender-specific pink or blue, where pink was allocated to the girls and blue was allocated to the boys, some parents actually discovered that beige was a gender-neutral alternative. So this is when they discovered that shades like sand, ecru, oatmeal, brown, beige, they actually do not loudly declare themselves as either masculine or feminine. Instead, they quietly blend into the existing off-white backdrop of your world. According to Huffington Post, it said that parents are increasingly mindful of avoiding excess plastic waste that steer clear from brightly colored toys that might disrupt the serene atmosphere of a nursery and there's also a belief in the connection to natural materials that are safe for babies because our people believe that natural materials are safe for babies such as unpainted wooden toys and unbleached and undyed cotton but what this woman did was totally out of it because she got the plastic and then she sprayed on it which actually defeats the purpose of a sad or minimalistic mom if that makes sense Anyways, they said that undyed clothes and unbleached toys and wooden toys are like both predominantly beige in color and it also makes a symbol of simplicity and wholesomeness. However, it's also very crucial to note that because a product says they are beige does not automatically mean that it is produced or it is ethically sustainable. On a brighter note, another reason why people actually do love this beige neutral theme when it comes to them and their children is because now we have the mommy and me outfits and they are quietly gaining popularity so this has actually led to adult women to embrace this color family for their own wardrobes another perk of beige is its versatility it goes with almost everything it goes with almost anything and it can easily be passed down to any child of any gender so now that we've spoken about the positives of sad beige, let's go down to the negative. Sad beige has quietly found its way into the realms of our kids and has actually infiltrated everything from their bedrooms to their classroom. It is not just a color, it is literally a whole vibe that could potentially bring 
on feelings of monotony and even affect the mood of the children. Let's just talk about how colors can play a role in stirring emotions, especially in our little one. Minimalistic aesthetic, they often lean towards muted colors and clean lines, and this might create an emotional, sterile environment. This can also potentially hinder a child's ability to express and process their emotions. Research also suggests that vibrant, lively colors can actually amp up creativity and foster positive feelings. On the flip side, drowning in a sea of sad beige colors might actually create an environment that could lack zest and energy, especially with your child. Now, my partner and I were both big fans of neutral colors. While my partner is more into black and gray, I'm more into brown, earth tones, vintage, and muted colors. My partner, they have like this hands on experience as an earlier educator, and so they've actually seen firsthand how children do respond to their environment and their surroundings. So, consider a minimalistic bedroom with neutral tones and minimalistic decor while it might look aesthetically pleasing it may lack the personal touch that would actually allow a child to express their individuality and creativity despite our my partner's different aesthetic vibes when it comes to colors we've actually agreed that if we ever have kids that we need to introduce them to a world that is bursting with colors We've learned that children thrive in colorful environments and it's vital for their growth and their development. And even though there might be bursts of colors at school, it is also very equally important for us to have the same vibrant home so that when our child has been in school and has experienced this burst of colors, they could also come home and experience the same burst of colors one potential negative effect on children is a lack of stimulation in their environment minimalistic spaces they actually tend to be very sparse and while this might be visually appealing to adults it may not provide the sensory stimulation that a child needs for their cognitive development Take, for example, a playroom or a classroom that is minimalistic and it has just like a very few selected toys. While the intention may be to encourage creativity and focus, it might actually limit the variety of activities that are available to a child, which would also hinder their overall development. Colors, we've realized, also play a very significant role in children's self-expression and emotional development. Children, they actually form attachments between colors and emotions. Say, for example, my sister, I have a seven-year-old sister. She's turning eight next month. And since she was born, pink was her absolute favorite color. She's always loved pink. However, as she grew and she encountered a variety of colors, her preferences, they actually did evolve. Now, purple has taken the lead. My sister, she no longer likes pink. Pink isn't her go-to anymore. She likes pink, but it's not her favorite color any longer. It's like her exposure to diverse colors has actually helped her to explore and outgrow certain preferences. She has the ability to see that there are different types of colors in this world and she's able to explore and pick which one is her favorite. Compared to a child who just lives in a house filled with 
white and brown and beige toys the child is limited to what they actually do like interestingly kids are actually said to be born with a black and white vision which also because of this it makes colors to be very much essential for their stimulation their engagement and their learning yet there are actually some parents actually taking away toys from their children because they said that the toys are making their child overstimulated meanwhile as they're taking away the toys away from their child due to overstimulation their backgrounds and their surrounding is just filled with beige and neutral colors and people should know that children are like cats they are very curious and they get overly stimulated that is why they are children you don't want to have a child that's just sitting down there and not doing anything children love to play that is why they are called children if they don't play as a child they do when they're older they will play I find videos about getting rid of a child's toys really fascinating. So they'll say toys were overstimulating and overwhelming. They'll say that toys were negatively impacting the child's ability to focus and concentrate. They'll often say that toys led to increased feelings of boredom. And I find this fascinating because these are all pathological ways of talking about a child's basic behavior. And I think we have this tendency to see a behavior in our child, like possessive behavior, want to find an easy solution. And then we pathologize in hindsight Sometimes kids will have behaviors. It's part of being human. Like, I'm really curious if these things that we have pathologized are actually just normal childhood behavior that we don't like. Like the real question becomes, what is the natural state of the child? Sometimes you can just have a high energy child and then you have another child in that exact same environment and they'll be very calm. Sometimes I wonder if we are pathologizing to make our lives as parents easier. And because it's much easier to sell a story if you pathologize previous behavior and then show a resolution to it. Like, I don't know, sometimes my kids are possessive about leaves, even if they're wearing gingham. Imagine a scenario where a child transitions from a home that is adorned with soothing muted colors and then they go to a classroom that is adorned with busting vibrant colors and colors that are very stimulating. So while researching this topic, I was like, you know what, let me just Google if there are like sad beige classroom. And I went on Google and I typed sad beige classroom and of course there was and it was on tiktok so i clicked the link and it took me to tiktok and i was like they actually do exist <laughs> i was surprised because they actually do exist yeah I'm, I'm not gonna lie and it exists in america i don't know if it exists in the uk look at this <gasps> perfect <laughs> The subtle but significant influence of the sad beige epidemic on our emotions and surroundings calls for mindfulness in our color choices. It is time to select colors that actually bring joy and vibrancy into the lives of our children. Minimalistic aesthetic can inadvertently impose a sense of perfectionism on our children. Constant exposure to meticulously organized spaces can create a very unrealistic expectation for orderliness and this could lead to stress and anxiety for both the parents and the children. What I mean is, for example, you're painting your house all white, you have all these beige furniture, your child's toys are white, and children, they love to explore, they love to express. My sister, she used to write things on the wall and all those kind of things. Imagine your child 
automatically would be very scared to explore that side of them. Your child may feel stress and anxiety trying to navigate or walk around how to express themselves in a world where you're not up for that, if that makes sense. Imagine a home where everything is always in its designated place. And I'm not saying organization is not essential. Organization is very essential, but an overemphasis on being neat, especially when you have children, might send a message to your child that imperfection is very unacceptable and it may also place unnecessary pressure on children to conform to an idealized standard that i for one know that if i have children i would have to compromise not even compromise is their right i would have to let them explore and enjoy themselves in a burst of colors Whether it involved ascent walls, I love ascent walls, or lively decor or bold fashion statements, we have the ability to transform our spaces and break free from a monotony of sad beige just for the sake of our children. And there are actually colors that are not actually out there, but like are a little bit muted, like, you know, like pastel colors. They are so beautiful. There's this woman I'm following on Instagram. If I find her page, I'm going to put it on here. Like her house is a bust of colors and I actually do love it. Like it is so pleasing. It's aesthetically pleasing. Oh, there's this big trend of like making your house suitable for the next buyer or whoever's going to live in it next i just reject that i'm going to make my house exactly how i want it for me and what makes me happy you know what i mean right now this twig makes me happy so as parents and caregivers we actually do play very pivot is it pivotal or pivotal I will go with pivotal. We actually do play a very pivotal role in shaping our children's environment. It's very crucial to be very intentional about the colors that we incorporate into their living spaces. And we should also understand the potential impact on their emotional well-being. While the minimalistic aesthetic can offer numerous benefits, it is also crucial for parents to also strike a balance that meets the developmental needs of their children. Both minimalistic and non-minimalistic parents, they generally want what is best for their children, even though their approaches may actually differ. For example, while a minimalistic mom might prioritize simplicity in their child's room to foster a sense of order and calmness, non-minimalistic mom may focus on creating a vibrant and colorful space that actually does encourage creativity. In both cases, the common ground is the intention to provide an environment that contributes positively to the child's emotional, cognitive, and social growth. By recognizing the shared goals, parents from various aesthetic preferences can find common ground in prioritizing the well-being and development of their children. Trends may come and go, but our child's cognitive development is an ongoing process. Let's continue this conversation in the comments below. Share your thoughts and experiences with minimalistic parenting. And if you found this information helpful or thought-provoking, please hit the like button, share with fellow parents, and subscribe for more content. Bye!